Welcome back to the Unstressable Podcast. I'm your host, Alice Law, and this podcast is a series of amazing conversations with incredible people talking about what makes them unstressable from some of life's greatest challenges and the greatest stresses and losses they've had to overcome and how they came back from them so that you can become unstressable through yours. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Dorota Stanchuk. Dorota is a transformational artist, creative director, conscious creativity trainer, speaker, and author of the book, Recreate Yourself. I'm so excited to talk to her today, particularly around that topic of her book, of Recreate Yourself, which is all about self-love. Her incredibly inspiring story as to how she got to the point to truly understand what true self-love is, is what you're going to hear today, and it's so inspirational. And I think it's such an amazing topic to cover because we talk a lot about what self-love is, but most importantly, what it isn't, and go into all different avenues of it. Her wisdom and knowledge on this topic and consciousness is incredible, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you well, about a lot of things today and I'm going to start in a slightly different direction, but mainly, as you know, I really wanted to get you on the podcast to talk about self-love and love mm. in general, which is one of humanity's greatest mysteries and a constant topic on everyone's both, you know, minds and hearts and lips. So I'm Absolutely. really excited to talk to you about this today. Um, but first of all, I'd love to just know, I mean, you obviously written this book, we can talk about a bit about self-love that's coming out um, next year, but to get to that point, you know, what was your journey for yourself from going to, mm. you know, there to there to writing a book on self-love? Oh my God, I, I think the the journey started, first of all, um, in discovering everything that self-love was not. And that meant, you know, all sort of self-criticism, autoimmune disease, uh, punishing and beating myself up for any um, imperfection that I was considering having. And yes, it started very early on, um, by actually me being feeling rejected by by my brother when I was little. We had a very difficult relationship. Um, um, I think he just experienced some sort of, you know, rejection by our parents when I was born and he blamed me, blamed me for, um, you know, for existing really. And so um, it was very difficult relationship for both of us. Um, that, um, you know, was, um, which in which I experienced both physical and mental abuse and, um, you know, that resulted in me, uh, feeling rejected by not only people, very close people around me, but, um, that resulted in me starting to reject myself and not feeling that I was lovable, that that if someone so close to me, my family member is rejecting me and not loving me, how can I love myself? So when I was 12, I started to have um, heart disease. Uh, I had a heart operation at 18. And then I, when I was 17, I started to suffer from 
rare autoimmune disease uh, that was very painful and it was very hard to discover what it was. It took seven years for experts to really diagnose my disease. And then, you know, I had a bladder operation and sort of that journey and suffering physically, um, you know, put me on the path of trying to find a healing method that could help me to feel better, that could um, bring me relief in my pain. And so I went to India when I was 19. I did all of those, you know, incredible journeys and adventures all uh, in order to, you know, find answers. And more I was searching, less I was finding those answers, interestingly. And it was really a one specific moment I remember because I was in Laos and, and you know, I was traveling with my um, ex-partner. Um, we did like a around the world trip and going to a lot of beautiful places. And, you know, in the middle of our trip, he just decided to break up with me. And that was the point where I think I just had enough of everything. I just had enough of life. I just had enough of suffering. I just had enough of rejection. I just... I was done. And that was the first time when I broke to the point, uh, my heart broke to the point that it started to release all the fears and grievances trapped inside. It just broke wide open and I surrendered for the very first time. I let go of control and I remember myself speaking to the universe, you know, and, and saying, okay, well, if this is what you want for me, if this is how you want this to be, well, so be it. I let go. And I just completely surrender and stopped desiring anything anymore to, for myself. And within literally a days and a weeks, my life start, started to transform in the way absolutely inimaginable for me. Because our imagination can be our greatest limit. And sometimes what we desire and wish for ourselves is not actually the best thing that life wants for us. And so I was guided through that surrender and end up, you know, with monks in, in a monastery in northern Thailand, meditating seven hours per day when I literally got my first, first um, detachment from my body. I detached from, from, from that physical body in which I was feeling so trapped and I started to re-experience my body in a whole new different way my all my senses became heightened my intuition my dreams my um all these sensory experiences were uh started to transform and that was the moment where uh, I didn't even know it back then when, when I literally healed because that was the moment, last moment when I took any of my medications. I haven't taken any medications since, and I never seen a doctor since. Uh, so all of those experts who were taking care of me in Paris, I never ever saw them again. So it wow. just was a, a cut and and such an enormous amount of trust that I didn't even have to go back to what it was before. Uh, but um, because it creates such a new perception of life, uh, I, at this point, 
I just wanted to stay in that zone and I just wanted to meditate until the, the rest of my life and in the forest, uh, you know, uh, away from the society, away from the relationship. And I was happy. And it took me a long way to realize, um, long time to realize that the goal is not to stay in that state. The goal is to learn and understand and transform and take that back, you know, to my life, to people I loved and back into society to help other people. So that was a very short sort of my journey. And, and that's, that was the very beginning of me understanding what self-love was, um, which was nine years ago when I started to write my book. Uh, and it was a long, long, long journey because self-love, if you don't know how to love yourself, no one can explain you how it feels. It's like, if you can't see colors, I can't explain you how it is to see colors. And it's the same with self-love. It's only when you're on the other side, there is such a relief and such a sense of freedom that you can't possibly imagine living anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, you said in that you were searching for like answers and you, you know, you weren't finding them at that point. What sort of answers were you, you know, desperately looking for in that state when you hadn't reached self-love? Right. Well, I was looking for all sorts of answers. I was looking for the answers for what's what's the purpose of life? What is the purpose of my existence here? What's the purpose of me being on earth? What's the purpose of suffering? What's the purpose of disease? What's the purpose of us fighting with each other? Uh, what the, and, and, you know, all of those questions. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I really felt like someone, you know, put me on this planet Earth and I was by mistake and I was completely misplaced and someone just forgot about me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm here, but I'm not supposed to. I felt like I'm not supposed to be here. Like nothing made sense for me. Uh, in this life and and I couldn't understand the dynamic between people I couldn't understand why it has to be so hard I couldn't understand um, you know why why we are living and why we are we are um, we are going to work and you know and why we are losing our time on things that don't don't matter and what what does matter and I had to fall in love with life you know it didn't just come I mean I, I'm of course I fall in I, I'm in love with life uh, meaning sunset and sunrise and forest and nature as we all are but the existence of this life the day to you know the the, the, the daily job the daily task the daily you know um, responsibilities it was something I just couldn't understand because it was something that was making me feel trapped. It was making me feel like the, there has to be something more into that. There has to be some, you know, a possibility within ourselves that we can truly create the life of, of our dreams and not be stuck in some sort of um, stereotypic um, jobs and positions of following, you know, living on autopilot. I just couldn't really understand that. So those kind of exist existential questions, um, which I did find answers to. 
all yeah. of it <laughs> for myself at least for myself but um and again the 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 answers were very simple they were mm-hmm. very very simple and they're most of the time they are very simple and all the answers you have them inside you you just have to look you just have to look so why do you think we make it so complicated then? Because, I mean, that is the, the common theme of humans everywhere, that life is actually quite simple, but we love to overcomplicate. We overcomplicate with our relationships, with our emotions, with just our whole life. So why do you think that humans have this incredible need to try to overcomplicate the simplicity of life? I think it's a, such an interesting question because we love drama. People love drama. And people love emotions and people love solving problems. And this is what, I don't believe that this is natural for us. It's definitely not natural when we are little, Mm. but something happens along the way in our both educational system and parenting, um, you know, um, education as well, that we learn to see problems and we learn to create problems and we learn to uh, live in a fear. We learn to live in a future, first of all, not in the present moment. And, you know, since we were little, everyone is asking who you want, who do you want to be when you grew up? I mean, how can I supposed to know who I will be in 20 years? Have you ever predicted your next year? (laughs) <laughs> no, right? It's never something that you imagine. It's so always different. But because we are we are sort of le- uh, taught, people are teaching us to 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 project constantly. That projection creates a fear. What if it won't happen? What if I won't, won't get there? What if what if you know? What if I won't be satisfied if I get there? And it creates a feel, feeling of absence as well, that you are telling yourself, okay, when I will get there, it will be better. When I will get there, I will be happy. When I will get there, I will be loved. And whatever stays here creates a sense of deficiency, sense of lack, sense of deprivation. And we cultivate that feeling and we end up feeling empty because all our dreams and about better future are literally you know, far away. We create that distance between what we would like to feel and what we are actually feeling. And so it creates this internal conflict um, that we cultivate within ourselves. And when you live in that internal conflict, well, it creates conflicts all around you as well. And it creates problem and it creates misalignment. And that, that misalignment that we experience in our external reality comes from nowhere else but the misalignment we are experiencing within ourselves. If you are aligned with who you are, unapologetically aligned and standing up for who you are at every single moment, your life will be actually simple. And your life, you will attract good things and you will attract things in alignment. You will attract positivity and, and, and abundance and health and wealth and all of that because that's 
who we are. We are designed to attract that. We are designed to, our capacity in creation are enormous. We are creators. And that's why we are here to experience ourselves as creators. But first, in order to experience yourself as a creator, you need to experience what means as well to destroy. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's just destroying. Let's go down that route because I think, you know, a lot of people are, you know, driven, as you say, to destroy themselves as much as they are the world around them. And do you think that comes from a lack of self-love, first of all? Actually, first of all, how do you define self-love? You know, if I had to visualize it, I... I always imagine this like you lying down, surrounded by plenty of um, like, um, you know, cotton balls, literally surrounded by this warmth and and pink color and, and just this, you know, very cozy, huge, enormous sweater. Uh, But um, practically speaking, (laughs) um, (laughs) self-love is the lack of judgment towards yourself and anything you feel, anything you do and anything you think. It's to accept yourself and accept yourself in any form. So it's acceptance of you being sad, you feeling down, feeling ashamed, feeling guilty, making mistake, being wrong, creating a conflict, whatever that is is to being able to say, I screw up or I feel inadequate and it's okay. It's okay. I won't beat myself up for feeling bad. I won't beat myself up for being unperfect. And if you learn to accept yourself as anything you are, anything that comes up, you will also learn to accept the same in others. And that's unconditional love, Mm -hmm. which is another step from self-love but in order to get there you need to become that for yourself and it's it's a long long journey because we have such an enormous tendency to beat ourselves up for anything that for everything that we are not that it results in constant guilt constant shame that then gets suppressed and it results in also all sort of internal conflicts and and um, uh, maybe even, you know, health problems, etc. So depression, stress, and, and sometimes, sometimes physical disease that I believe that is only a trapped emotion inside your body. Um, so it's really liberating yourself from, you know, uh, being anything, really. I have a philosophy where I do not try to put any frame on myself whatsoever I assume that I have no idea who I am and I am committing every day to discovering that because every single experience is shaping you and is shifting you so in theory you become slightly different person every single day the same with your partner if you are in a relationship so actually you need to keep discovering yourself and people around you every single day and so if you look at yourself in that way, that would mean that you never really truly know who you are 100%. And so if you don't know who you are, well, let yourself discover that. And if the things come up that are not perfect in your eyes, 
that's okay because that is part of you that that screams to be seen to be voiced out and you can only hold it and you know and accept it and see it and release it but it's the most beautiful process and there is such a power i don't know if you have ever experienced people who are capable of admitting they're wrong and saying, oh, I really screw up, I'm really sorry. And they and they are okay with that. There is such a power and it's very, it's actually really inspirational. When, you, when we meet people like that, we are like, wow, he just owned it. But that's nothing else but, but actually self-love. Because no one is perfect. No one is perfect. But accepting your imperfection when you do, other will accept your imperfection too. This I guarantee. Mm, I love that. I think that's so true. I think though that, you know, why is it then that so many people in the world were obviously so programmed almost to reject those sides of ourselves? We want to put on this perfect facade of, you know, wearing masks and being this perfect, whatever it is, wife, daughter, mother, friend, you know, co-worker. And we project this essentially really unauthentic image into the world unless we actually go beyond that and look at who we actually like you say you might not know yourself totally but discover who you are and who you want to put out into the world why do you think so many people are actually suffering from walking around as someone that they're not I think it all results in childhood unfortunately we don't know how to be good parents and good parents good it's not even the right word to use we don't know how to be parents period um you know, when, when we stop children from expressing whatever is there to express, they believe, they, they create in that moment belief system that then results in creating social masks. And that, you know, results in, uh, in them detaching from who they truly are and living in those projection of who they think they should be. So the moment parents say, don't cry, don't be angry, don't do this, don't do that. We learn that who we are in that moment is wrong and we have to change that. So then we suppress, we suppress, we suppress, we suppress and you know, we change eventually who we are and how we uh, want to be perceived. Um, there is a really uh, powerful quote of philosopher Coolio who said, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who you, I, I am who I think you think I am. Did you get it? it I am, think I am, I am who I think you think I am. Mm. So we are in our head, a combination of what we think other things of us. And that's, hugely limiting sort of perception of ourselves because it sort of pushes us to create all sort of impressions and 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 those masks that are constantly trying to please other people are, co are constantly trying to satisfy other people are constantly trying to adapt to certain groups of people in order to fit in and, you know, more we do that, more we detach off from that essence of who we truly are. And if we 
were um, taught to live in our, you know, really a core of who we are and 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 and, and our the essence of who we are, we would attract the right people anyway, energetically. But because we are not in that alignment again, we will attract people around us who are not in alignment with us either. So we end up having those fake relationships, those surrounded by people who don't really inspire us in many cases. And and then, you know, we end up feeling sad, empty and, and, and unhappy and we don't know why. But that all results in not being connected who, to who we truly are. How do you think we connect to who we truly are? You know, for the people listening who are like, okay, well, <laughs> where do I start? You know, how can I connect to myself if I haven't actually got an active practice yet? Or maybe they're listening thinking, oh, shit, this is me. <laughs> so, how right. do you say, you know, where's a starting point for people to actively find that connection to themselves? That's a great question. Um, listen, first of all, start to listen to yourself, check in yourself. Hey, how am I doing today? What's up? What's coming up? Listen, listen to your heart, listen to that little voice in your head. And of course, there is a massive difference between listen, listening to your mind and your heart. But your mind, if you can watch your thoughts and you can watch what your thoughts are telling you, what they are judging, what they are criticizing, what they are, um, what they are afraid of, there is a power in learning a lot about yourself. And then listen to your heart desires, to your intuition, to those impulses of what you feel like doing in that specific moment. And, and, and what is, you know, that you might be ignoring uh, within yourself. And, and just if, you can, if we can start by taking a few moments in a day to just connect, to reconnect to ourselves, uh, that's already a great beginning. And that can be simply going on the walk and switching your phone off. Um, that can be, you know, not using your phone in the first hour of, 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 of a day where you can sit with yourself with a cup of tea and just listen. Just build that practice, build that relationship within yourself. Treat yourself as your best friend. Give yourself a time and focus and attention. You know, we do this for other people, but we forget so much to do it for ourselves. Treat yourself. Spoil yourself. You know, um, take care of yourself. And that, you know, if you can build that relationship, that is the single most important relationship in your life, then there will be a lots of magic coming from it. Mm. I love that. I think it's so true as well. That, I mean, I always put my phone on airplane mode before I go to bed and I don't turn it back on until I've had my my morning and done my morning routine and whatever and some of my friends are like I can't get hold of you in the mornings I'm like I know it's because you're not meant to <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's exactly. nice to have, create that space for yourself like you say and put that first um so okay love self-love and romantic love obviously a lot of people mm. don't realize that they're very much intertwined um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> let's talk yes. about that that's sort of like you know, the link between the two, what do you believe is the reason, first of all, why so many people are suffering from not finding true romantic love and suffering in their relationships with it? Right. Well, simple, the answer is very simple because they look for love out of deficiency. Mm. They don't 
look for love out of fulfillment. I don't, you know, show me the person who is like, I feel amazing by myself. I feel so satisfied in my life. I, I love everything about it. And I now I'm ready to share it with someone. No, mm-hmm. you have people who are like, oh, everything is okay. But only if I had someone, I would be happier. I would be better. You know, they, we, we are not, people are not used to being with themselves. And so they look for someone to fulfill them. And they look for someone who will reassure them and build confidence in them and love them. They look for all the things in other person that they can't give themselves. And so that results in attracting people who will also be with you out of their own deficiencies. And deficiency plus deficiency is equal much more deficiency altogether. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, you know, creates a lot of conflicts and, and creates a lot of drama because um, we are not, we don't know how it is to actually consciously re- relate to, to someone else. And for me, um, conscious relating is you are you and be you and do whatever your heart desires. Be on your mission, fulfill your passion. Don't rely on me in anything. Don't depend on me in anything, but I will support you in everything. Mm-hmm. That's the relation, that's the healthy relationship. You are there for someone no matter what, but they don't need you to be. That's the beauty of that. It's to share your passion, it's to share, you know, um, your life mission, your goals, and and be able to 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 really experience yourself through another person and through the mirror of another person to go deeper into your self love because relationship and every relationship not only romantic but pa- pa- relationship with your parents with your kids there is a lots of triggers that can you know come up and that's the purpose of relationship to show you your blind spots to show you what you can't see by just being by yourself and every trigger always linked to the past, always links to unresolved experience from your past. That's why you're triggered. You know, if I erase your memory and you didn't have any memory, you would never be triggered. You might be curious about something happening, but you wouldn't be triggered. So every trigger, and when they come up, we always think like there is something wrong with the person, but it's never the person. It's our past that hasn't mm. been resolved. And so for me, every single conflict, every misunderstanding it's always an opportunity and I always take it I'm like thank you because it shows me something about me that I haven't seen and you know if we look at everything in a relationship as an opportunity again that's the beginning of really um, a lot of beautiful possibilities I love that. I think that's so. Um, it's such a good way to to put it for people because I think, particularly in you know the West, 
romantic love has been portrayed in a very specific way. Like everyone wants that fairy tale ending to, you know, okay, I meet this person and that solves my problems and I live happily ever after. Or, you know, a soulmate in Hollywood is something totally different to what a soulmate means spiritually. You know, a soulmate in Mm. Hollywood is like that one person who completes you. Whereas, you know, we know that you can have multiple soulmates and some of your soulmates are actually meant to teach you a lesson and leave as opposed to stay with you for the rest of your life. So, and more you evolve, more partner you will have. Yeah. Because every single time you evolve, you change your vibration. And so for many people, that would be changing their surrounding, changing the place they live, changing their partners, changing their relationship. And so for people who are, you know, uh, going for a lot of life lessons, they will have a lot of different partners. And some people, they just need one in order to evolve with that one person for the rest of their life. There is no golden rule. I was in love deeply in love I mean so many times I have I had at least few love of my life in this life because it was the love of my life at that specific moment and then you know I evolve and our path naturally just went in different direction but what is important is to keep evolving, is to keep changing. And what I noticed is none of my relationship was similar. None of my relationship was the same because every single time I change and I would attract something completely different that gave me an opportunity to work on different parts of myself. Mm. So that's, you know, a beauty of that. And, and taking that pressure of a relationship that it has to be forever and it has to be, you know, the one, it creates actually much bigger chance for this to work out. Because that pressure, I mean, we can't possibly know what's going to happen tomorrow. How can you possibly declare that you're going to stay with someone until the rest of your life? Simply commit every single day to that person. If you wake up in the morning next to them and you feel like you want to grow with them, commit that the day, every day, and be the best version of yourself. And the rest will unfold. I love that, like every day looking at your commitment as opposed to thinking Absolutely. 50 years, here it is. Or you yeah. know, like you say, life, life has always got its own plan for us as well, as much as we humans love to try to control our own destiny. We, we can't in that sense. But do you believe then as well, when we look at destiny with love, that's the kind of topic I find quite interesting because... You know, some people obviously have that feeling they're destined to be together and then a lot of people have multiple partners. And do you believe that love is random or that it is destined in its own way? What is destiny, first of all, right? Destiny is nothing else but a result of our past decisions. It's nothing else than that. It's a result of something that has been done, has been agreed on, has been signed all sort of contract agreements alignment create a result in the future that destiny i believe that the best relationship are those that don't come from the past but come from the future so my focus was to cut my destiny completely resolve those contracts resolve that past resolve the karma and then actually meet someone 
and take a very conscious decision of being with that person out of seeing them for really who they are and not by, you know, being just pulled by to them by some invisible energetic cord that comes from a place that, you know, most of us can't even understand. Mm. So I don't believe in destiny in that way that most of people do. I believe destiny definitely exists, but it's not necessarily a good thing. The good thing is to resolve your destiny and become the creator of your life today and every other day. That is a power. To not be pushed and pulled in any direction, but to stay in the stillness and use all your creative powers to be to become the, the, the creator of your life. I think there's it's much more powerful than just follow your destiny. Yeah. But I it's also that. much more scary. Yeah. So goes with the you know the ancient karmic uh, understanding of you know the Vedics and stuff talk about how we can people think that karma is a destiny in itself, but that we can actually all shape and change and heal our karma and create our own future. And exactly. uh, it's yeah, it's definitely something for people to have a think about when it comes to love, you know. Um, but obviously, okay, we haven't talked about the other side of love, which is what everyone fears essentially you know, which is rejection and being abandoned by love or, you know, love, uh, having heartbreak, you know, all those kind of yeah. things. So what is your own take on why, first of all, you know, humans are scared of love for those reasons and mm-hmm. why some people find themselves in situations where those kind of patterns just keep playing out, you know, they almost create those for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So this is really important right now because even what you said, love abandons us, love rejects. Love doesn't reject. Love does not abandon and love can't hurt you. This is really important. Love in a pure form of love can't hurt you. People can hurt you, but not love. People who hurt you act out of fear, not love. So it's not love that is hurting, abandoning, rejecting. Love is an energy. And it's an energy everyone can plug into. And once sent to the universe, it stays there. And we can always plug into it. We can always stay in that vibration of that energy. It's not something that dissolves or goes anywhere. It's purely a vibration. It's a frequency, right? So if we, if we stay there, anything we will do, anything we, we will attract, anything we will create will be good. The problem is that people don't stay in that vibration. People go very quickly to fear. And then in the fear, they reject, they abandon, they hurt, right? So it's important to make that distinction. With love, there is nothing to be afraid of. Mm. It's the fear that creates all of the problems. But we are not learned to stay in love. We are, you know, and, 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 and because our mind naturally is programmed to live in fear, to be able to save us from potential suffering, it's coming up with all of those negative scenarios in order to avoid them. 
well, in that sense, we, you know, create all sort of behaviors and self-sabotaging programs and and push and pull relationships and control dynamics and all of those to protect us from potential suffering, right? But if you realize that love can hurt you, and actually no one really can, it's a matter of your own perception of the situation, you free yourself. And it's really... I believe that is hard to shift because it takes a long time to reprogram human's mind. But once you get it, and once you will, you know, there is there is two ways, there is two things that can be done on people. First of all, yes, you can take a fear of rejection. You can do a regression to your past. You can find the moment that initiated your fear of rejection in your childhood. Uh, you can, you know, see the situation and you can, uh, I can guide you through changing the perception of the situation and reprogramming your mind and not seeing rejection as a rejection. But then you will, you know, you will always, that situation, that one situation that we can recreate in our mind, there will be more of this kind of situation that your brain can interpret as rejection. And you will have to reprogram it again and go back and reprogram it and reprogram. And it's, hard work but there is another way to simply understand that you don't have to see anything as rejection if you choose so mm-hmm. and that is a very powerful technique and and really a, a commitment because it's like you know if you're afraid afraid of flying what what do you do you fly and you fly and you fly and more often to get rid of it, right? It's a it's a first uh, practice that the, the the that you have in 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 therapy when it comes to avionophobia. So, how about we apply that to rejection? Let yourself be rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected until one day you just don't see it as a rejection anymore. You're like. Yeah, they didn't call me back, but probably, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not about me. Wow. And once you get to that moment, it's not about me. That is the most powerful moment because people never reject you. They only reject themselves. It's never about you. And if you feel rejected, if you ever feel rejected, that's only because you reject certain, you rejected certain part of yourself that most of the time you simply feel rejected, uh, feel ashamed about or feel guilty about. So the most painful rejection is the rejection we have for it ourselves. And we are afraid that people will judge us or reject us for the very same reasons we rejected ourselves for. Yeah, that's, I mean... That's such a profound thing and totally true. I think that if people can create more self-security with themselves, obviously that really affects our relationship and, you know, how we show up in the world and how we show up in the relationships ourselves. But for people listening again, (laughs) if they are listening to this and thinking, okay, I can deal with rejection um, in various parts of my life. What I struggle with, for example, is when, 
you know, I fall in love and I get my heart broken from a long-term thing and then I'm rejected. How do you say to people to come back from that, to come back from heartbreak, essentially, not just those little little dips of rejection in dating life, but those true heartbreaks and romance. What do you sort of say around that kind of healing process for people listening? Because I think heartbreak and romance is obviously such a common thing. There'll be many people listening to this, either going through heartbreak right now or having just come through one and being scared to date properly again, because, you know, for many reasons. So what's your sort of, yeah, take on that and how people can really heal a true, true heartbreak romantically? First of all, allow your heart to break. That's the most important because there is a liberation in breaking your heart because our heart is has so much protection around it and so many layers and it's so hard to even get in there that when it breaks, it actually liberates a lot of fear a lot of trapped emotion, a lot of trapped grievances and and removes those layers and those protections that we put around it. And it's a beautiful moment of transformation. And yes, it will be painful. But if you allow yourself to go to that pain, you will reveal much stronger and much more beautiful. Just like those pieces of Kintsugi art, you know, the, the vase is put in put together back in with gold, you know, something that was broken and then it, it looks so much more beautiful after because now you, you have all those lines visible in gold, in gold form. But um, there is, you can only experience happiness in this life because you can experience suffering and there is no way out from it. And both are beautiful. And if you can look at this experience as something you don't try to run away from, if you only could look at this experience as something that will and shall pass, if only you could look at this as an opportunity for you to grow and become a most, even more beautiful version of yourself, you will realize that every suffering actually can be also amazing, amazingly profound and unique and wonderful experience. And it, 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 it will hurt. It will hurt. I, there's nothing I can tell you. If you have your heart broken, it hurts. But it will pass. And you are discovering yourself in a completely new way. We can't force anyone to be with us. But all I can tell you is that if people are separating, that is probably because they are not supposed to be together, right? And so if you have been rejected, that is probably because you need to liberate that fear of rejection that you have inside you. If you have been cheated on, maybe that's because you have cheated on parts of yourself. And you haven't been fully honest with yourself about many things in your life or who you are, what do you want to do? Um, If, you know, uh, I mean, I went through all of that. I've been cheated. I've been betrayed. I've been, 
I, my heart was broken so many times and it was the biggest gift because it rebuilt me. So now, because I went through all of that, I'm actually not afraid of loving because I know that I can break and I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So when you get to that point, when you know I broke and I stood up even stronger, you are not afraid of breaking anymore. And when you are not afraid of breaking, there is such a power of your own love and the love that you can create that awakens in you that honestly, I would not erase any of my past experiences just for that confidence that I have right now. Mm, I love that. Also, when you were saying that about rejection, it made me think of that, um, that wonderful quote, I can't remember who it's by, you know, that says rejection is God's protection as well and mm -hmm. I think sometimes reframing our rejection as a protection from something divine because that relationship could cause us way more suffering down the line than it is now from that initial release uh, absolutely absolutely this is exactly how you know one of my uh, ex-partners uh, got into a relationship um, one month after uh, we broke up and and it I mean it's super painful right when it happens but this is exactly what I told myself. I'm like, this is divinely perfect because I, I knew he was, we were not meant to be together. And I knew I would struggle so much more um, I would, in detaching from him. So actually life and angels, you know, send me, send that person on his way so we could finally truly separate and cut, cut the cords. And it was a gift. But it's it's very hard to see it at first. Mm. But you just have to trust that everything that happens is absolutely the best for you and serves your greatest good always. Yeah. And if you trust that, if you trust in life, you will be fine in any situation. I love that. So to finish, because I always ask everyone on the podcast this question, um, we talked about divine, you know, divinity and God touched briefly upon that. What does spirituality personally mean to you? Oh, wow. What an interesting question. Um, um, what spirituality means for me? It means that we are all connected. We are all connected and interconnected and we are all part of something much bigger that you know, and there is this energy flow between all of us and we can sense and plugged into anything and everything and and we can feel everything that, that exists in this world. Only we have to connect to that, but the connection is there. So that connection for me, it's, it's spirituality. And if you believe in that connection, I mean, you're spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I love that. Well, George, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful talking to you about all of this. And I'm sure a lot of people have got a lot out of this. Like I said, it's not really a topic I've really touched on fully on the podcast before. So it's been so wonderful having someone with your expertise in this area um, come in and talk about it. So, I mean, can people pre order your book yet? I mean, your book is all on this stuff, guys. So if you yes. <laughs> want to know more. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. The title of the book is Recreate Yourself. 
So you can just Google it. It's already available on Amazon for pre-orders and um, it has 22 different exercises and actually more than that. So that will that are very practical tools into how resolve uh, subconscious conflict, uh, triggers, um, you know, uh, different connections within your family, etc. And and it's a very um, practical coaching book with a lots of exercises and a lots of stories and lots of knowledge uh, that can definitely help everyone to become to become much stronger more confident and more loving version of themselves amazing i'm sure many people will be thinking they need this as we all do so wonderful and thank you so much for yeah all your amazing insights today it's been so lovely talking to you thank you so much thank you you enjoyed today's episode with the wonderful Dorota. If you did enjoy the episode, then tag us in social media, let us know and share. We would love to hear from you. You can find all the information for her in the show notes and where you can pre-order her book and more. I'll be back next week with another incredible guest to keep you inspired and to help you to become unstressable. Stay tuned. <laughs>